0: This is Gabby and KT. And we're back with another episode. Thank everybody for checking out our last one entitled "Voting is Counter Revolutionary." Hit us up at Building RPWR for any comments, concerns. Also, if you'd like to donate to the work we are doing in Memphis, we have uh, two ways. One is you can join our Patreon, pay a monthly subscription fee, one starting at $1. All proceeds go to Stock in the Fridge and buying clothes and hand warmers for the people in our community. Another way is we have a money.me link in the description. You can donate there. If you'd like to join us in Memphis, you can do so. Recently this week, we joined up with some comrades and we've been working on some propaganda, original stuff, and, um... Definitely when we finish creating what we're creating, we're going to be up in the city posting stuff. If you'd like to be part of either one of those processes, you can do so. Link is in the description. All right, guys, we are just going to continue reading Blood in My Eye, uh, continue the conversation uh, going, continue the conversation that we've been having. Um, So we finished on page 34. And so now we're on 35. And it says, In The Coming of the New International, John Gracie observed that, As a leading pragmatist, Lenin believed that the only way a revolution could come about in Europe in his time was by the creation of a revolutionary organization. Their organization had to be tight, well-trained, loyal to its central committee, dedicated and narrow, not only for ideological reasons. Hence purges and sectarian splits were to be encouraged during its formative years but also for security. And Lenin states, The more we confine the membership of such an organization to people who are professionally engaged in revolutionary activity and who have been professionally trained in the art of combating the police, the more difficult it will be to unearth the organization. One of Jonathan's reports contains the following. I find it almost impossible to trust comrades, not after all of this. They say Gloves Davis, a black pig, killed Fred Hampton while he was asleep. I certainly don't have to mention all the so-called defectors who are now appearing before the government committees testifying for the state. They were infiltrators to begin with. The house niggers who ran to the high sheriff as soon as someone whispered revolt. I think I hate them. Worse than I hate the sheriff or the owner. I'm just a young slave, you say, trying to understand and cope with my environment. I know personalities have no place in revolution, but every time I think of Davis, just be simple, Coringa, and the rest of these murderous turncoat idiots, my trigger finger fairly itches. Non-persons like Coringa, Leroy Jones, and the other right-wing blacks are intelligent enough to know what they are doing. We cannot excuse them with the ease that we can excuse the average brother who has had no opportunity or inclination to search. The mantle of ignorance does not cover their behavior. They have to know that when they attack socialism, the communist ideal, and the revolution that they are not logically or illogically depending, attacking all that is white, etc. They know that Ho Chi Minh isn't white, or Chairman Mao, or Nkrumah Lumumba, Lumumba, in Tere. They know that there isn't but one fight going on across this planet. The one between the imperialist forces of capitalism and its victims. They know that it was for work that we were kidnapped. What else do you feed a slave for? These black, 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 black men, if you can swallow their shallow shit, have had time to study some of the traveled. Some have traveled. They know that it was capitalist agricultural economics that first caused our pain. And that the only change since then is the decline of the agricultural elite and the rise of the modern bourgeoisie. A sweatshop displaced the plantation. Could it have escaped their notice that all of the African states that really liberated themselves booted out the foreign businessmen in our now socialist states? No. I think the strongest suggestion is that they are working for the government. The new house niggers. And and what better way is there for them to sell themselves to us than to scream black, 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 black? Like Tom Mboya, whose whole service for the CIA was to redirect the revolutionary rage of the peoples into a thing more compatible with the interests on Western businesses. They are spies, death spies. I don't think it's a personality clash at all for us to teach these black pigs they will not be altered from our course. That the reward for counter-revolution is death. We can't continue to expect or wish for loyalty to people. We'll have to demand it. And that's both from these cowardly fat, ma- fat mouths who come to us in their disguise, quote, cultural nationalism, and from the class defectors whose tummy gun us in our sleep. I'll have to make an example of Glose Davis, even if I have to hobo ch- to Chicago. They'll find him strung up to a streetlight by his heels with our sign burned in his forehead. Tests must be devised to guard ourselves against the possibility of those fools getting into our separate military groups. There is no way to stop the infiltration of an above-ground political group. But we can guard the clandestine army by one, letting no one choose us, even if they did know about us and find us. We do the choosing. Two, once we choose someone to do the people's military work, they should be isolated and tested thoroughly and their background checked. Okay, I want to stop right there. Um, Because, again, everything that they talking about here is things we have discussed in the past, I just realized, two years. So, (laughs) they're talking about there's two different people. They're talking about the black pigs, the black people who work for the state and how they obviously are selling us out. They're not on our side. Right. They will kill us. They and just say they were doing their jobs. We get we got them. But then they're also talking about the people who use the aesthetic of being for the people.
1: The language.
0: They they're are equivalents of the blue checks. Mm-hmm. They get paid to write these op-eds about black culture and the, the, the this and the capitalism and the that and the this and the that. They literally said what we said. They have the knowledge. They are well-traveled. They know the history. They know why we are where we are. But they take the same knowledge. Cloak them... Black, 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 and use it to push the same old, same old status quo bullshit. And as you see, it's still going on now. So, what dude is saying is, these people cannot freely walk around among us and be able to be the voices to the masses. Yes. Specifically. And getting folks twisted up and turned up and and shifting them back to capitalism. And they just don't need to be seen either way anyway, because they're enemies of what we're trying to do we're trying to get everybody free they're trying to get a check so they don't they don't need to coexist among us they're enemies of us
1: yeah you okay. said it. i mean you said it all pretty much yeah okay
0: um there are patterns to people's lives especially blacks that if studied one can easily spot pig tendencies and connections Checks could be run through some of our political people who have friends or sympathizers who own, say, used car lots for any business that generally deals in credit. A great deal can be learned through the various credit check systems. Institution these days will be using one of their own instruments for the real purpose that they invented it against them. Generally, that's the way it will be throughout the war. Testing can be developed into a science, written stuff to help we establish ourselves the patterns of this soldier's background. You know, full commitment generally comes as a result of awareness. And awareness is the product of study and observation. The things a person has gone to the effort of reading and analyzing say a great deal about his character. In other words, very few black intelligence agents will have studied Marx, Mao, Lenin, Fannin, cats like that in depth. You can generally tell what processes a man's mind has gone through by what he studied and observed. So examine. Even the post office will do that. Written, written and oral tests. Drugs are not to be discounted either. Oral tests under truth drugs. Then you have ultimate tests the things that no agent of the establishment could do, like assassinate the local head of the Gestapo. Bring him out of isolate, isolation, blindfolded, arm him, tell him what to do and where to go afterwards, and wait, etc. I think you could be fairly sure of him after a series of tests like these. We're only thinking of, in terms of small, highly trained, super secret, counter Vanguard group. However, dealing with people you've known over the years and have seen tested in fire already is best. Like me, you and your comrades, and I. The blacks who joined the army expeditionary forces just for profit, the cats who steal them blind and hustle the other suckers, they are starting to stir to become aware also. The Vietnam adventure on this part of the fascists has vastly changed the whole relationship between the masses and the ruling class. Can you detect the subtle changes? The real ugly side of imperialism is being demonstrated for not just the people who suffer its effects abroad, but also to the little sleepy guy here inside the U.S. They're starting now to make the link between foreign wars and foreign businesses, and they're better able to make the comparisons and conclusions. Ho Chi Minh versus Kai, for for example. People are all starting to say such things as, quote, some form of socialism is the answer, unquote. Time to move. We must show them that resistance is possible and that there is a hard left cadre willing to lead it. Conditions are right now, for the beginnings at least, of a revolutionary culture. These conditions have always been present here inside the black colony, but no leadership until now. If we can keep the Panther alive by protecting the party workers with the show of underground strength, watching the Watcher, assassinating the assassins, I think people will start to listen to them. Blacks have grown very cynical to all groups who make claims in the area of problem solving, since there have been one million groups and no problem solved. The physical conditions are ripe for the start of protracted war. We have yet to hit on the tactic for control of attitudes, however. How to make people organize and resist the ruin of their lives. And it's for certain we'll never figure out the right tactic if the pigs keep killing off and busting all the vanguard elements. The time has come. Bobby siege the time makes sense. We can't build a mass movement without finding some way to stay alive long enough to let them know we're here. And that we're not just out to play, out, play on them. That we are finally prepared to totally commit ourselves to the fight. That we will never abandon them. And the pig moves in with his pistols and paddy wagons. That we're willing to take it to the graveyard. A show of organizational skill and valid anti-establishment will always bring on violence from the fascists. The people know this, so they must also know that this violence can be countered before they'll believe and respond. Quote, Let the ruling class tremble at a communist revolution. Unquote. That's my favorite line in all the Marx and Engels. From Fannin, it's quote, The time for talking has ended. The time for acting has begun. Unquote. Long live the guerrilla, John. Okay, so, um... Going back up really quickly, um he was talking about at that time, you know, you know, when you're just developing an underground military operation, mm. kind of the methods that he would he would use to, you know, kind of make sure it's not easily uh penetrated by outsiders and uh infiltrators. Um and after that you know, he starts talking about how the Vietnam War kind of was a radicalizing tool for a lot of the soldiers that came back and also a lot of the citizens. And how pretty much they saw how these Vietnamese people could come together and fight uh, against America and win. And they started to actually be like, hmm, there might be some something to socialism that might actually be good. It actually kind of had people just thinking about it for the first time ever. Um, and so he's saying that, you know, at that time, that was the perfect time to let's hop on it and let's start a revolutionary culture that let's, let's start reframing the entire way that we think as a people and uh, let's get the ball rolling. And one of the ways that he was, was talking about that he thought that you could get the people on board is for them to see you act and not just with Mutual aid, which we've talked about, and helping people and giving Non-profit. things to people. He's talking about full-on pro like violence, right. full-on self-defense, patrolling patrolling the neighborhoods and protecting people with weapons and showing them that you mean business and that you don't just mean ideas. Because it is true, what he said, there's a good people that come into the community every day, say they're going to stop the violence, say they're going to clean up the neighborhoods, say they're going to put food in people's mouths, Very few do. Those that do is always something tied to it. And they always have to be dependent on those people forever. Nobody's really trying to fight for them people to not need those services no more and help them be self-sufficient. So he was just saying that, you know, again, 1970s at that time, the time for talking was over. 1970s. Yet we're here still talking. And nobody done picked up a gun yet. So I feel like, you know, we need to take heed to this stuff because we do not want to be 70 years old still saying the time for talking is over. We're going we gonna to forever be talking. It's going to be the most talkingest people in in the history of, of life. We have to act.
1: Yeah, so um, I definitely agree with what you said. And also, I was just thinking about how, like, like Reagan pretty much put a stop to all of that, you know, like the propaganda machine in in uh the United States government put a stop to all all types of like revolutionary culture, et cetera, et etc, up until even now. Um, and capitalism has essentially made people believe, well, since I can go to the store and buy something, everything is okay. There's no problems going on when essentially it's still it's still the same shit that was happening, so yeah,
0: or just I feel like it's just the history and the knowledge has been so suppressed that people literally don't know that there is a legitimate option, yeah, people that's just true. are yeah, that's it's it. just like it's their fate, yeah, and it's something that I think about a lot of the times if I want to have an existential crisis and get real depressed <laughs> is I think about my ancestors. Literally been here since the 1600s all the way up to the 1800s. Right. Where you literally had people who were born on American soil. Mm-hmm. And all they ever knew was slavery. All they ever knew was their grandmama, their great-grandmama, their great-great-great-grandmama was a slave. They were going to die a slave. Their they kids was going to die a slave. And they were going to forever be slaves. Some of them, I'm sure dreamed about days where there'd be freedom and that things would would get better. But in the reality, in the place that they were right then, it seems like it's, it's impossible because that's literally all you know. Until... You have people there to to awaken the consciousness of the people, give them give them hope, give them fire in their bones, yep. and allow them to see that things are possible. Then you get them together, you rev them up, and you go and you burn down the masters' house. And that's how things went in uh, slavery, but as far as like theoretically or spiritually we're in this place where people feel like this is how it's always been their mm-hmm. mama was it was a product of, of poverty and capitalism the great grandmama, the great great grandmama, their children will be in poverty they children will be in poverty there is no way out
1: that's what it seems like yeah
0: but there is a way out, and that's what we do. That's that's our job to not only invigorate the people, get them hyped, let them know there's a better way, educate them, but also show them that we were really about that business. It ain't all talk. All right, back to the reading. We're gonna read a little bit more. The counter-terrorist faceless, nameless specialist in all martial arts is the first soldier of the people. His violence will be swift, surprising, explosive, and tied into a clearly political matrix. In some cases of assassination, it may be wise to make them appear as accidents, but that still doesn't reduce the political content. These workers properly distributed and going about their tasks with secret, flawless precision and in perfect unison with the political front will shake the fascists to their very foundations. Their limited, highly selective violence is the absolute minimum for enforcing the demands of the people. Anything less will fail. We are not dealing with nice people who will throw down their guns and submit to our will because we outnumber them. From the vantage point of established power in history, they know that one armed man can control a thousand. People's war is not polite or proper. It is not possible to limit the scope and range of violence to what the enemy will bear without reacting. Any ideal, any activity that may do violence to their control will never be permitted. People's war is improvisation and more improvisation. It is organizing the masses around their realist needs and moving them against whatever forces restrict their passage to power. I repeat, realistic day-to-day needs should be the basis of organizing people and making them conscious of revolution. That the world, the universe must revolve, that it will stop, stagnate, and die for no man's privilege.
1: Yes, and, and we say that all the time. We literally talk about all the time what's most important in revolution. The material needs of people right fucking now. Right now. Told them. (laughs) If we accept revolution, we
0: must accept all that it implies. Repression, counterterrorism, days filled with work, nervous strain, prison, and funerals. Our present problem as soldiers is to protect our political people at their work and enforce the increasing demands that the people as political result will make upon power. The soldier is the counterterrorist, the bodyguard, the first of a military vanguard. The distance between him and the class enemy is a free-fire zone. He has to be the baddest and strongest of our kind. Calm, sure, self-possessed, completely familiar with the fact that the only thing that stands between black men and violent death are the fast-break, quick-draw, and snapshot. Terrible Jonathan's teeth on the barrel of a political tool. Hardened against the concrete of the most uncivilized jungles of the planet. Chicago, St. Louis, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Tested in a dozen fires. Tall, slim youth. The new nigger with a gun. In the eyes of the hunter. The hunter of men. These comrades must make their first contribution. They will be the first to fall. We gather up their bodies, clean them, kiss them and smile. Their funerals should be gala affairs of home-brewed wine and revolutionary music to do the dance of death by. We should be sad only that it's taken so many generations to produce them. Building consciousness and revolutionary culture against the repressive natural defense reflexes of the system means taking realistic day-to-day issues like hunger, the need for clothing and housing, joblessness. It involves provoking repression feeding on it the fact of political and political economic prisoners in legions and the processes used by the oppressors to judge and condemn them must be used as the rallying rallying cries of revolution economic crime and even crimes of passion against the oppressors must be understood as rebellion even funerals can be used as an issue since there will be so many of them Improvising on reality is the key principle underlying the building of a united left and raising the consciousness of the people. It will give us our tactics. Alright, so back to the top. So, he was talking about the work of what people would call, or not, with the West, or... America. we're called counter-terrorists and these will be the people that are enacting the quote-unquote violence that are on the front lines that are fighting that are doing whatever it is that they need to do to help get this thing moving and to help protect us um and how these people obviously will have to be totally dedicated to it and we ourselves will have to realize and um uh revere their position in the revolution and how important it is and how even in death they should be celebrated and those types of people should be just just totally celebrated and and respected because it takes a lot of guts. Like even me thinking about it like damn, to even have the courage, which, you know, we think about and we talk about it, but to get up there and just be like Jonathan, like his brother, like I'm finna go and I'm finna free my brother. I don't care what happens. I got these guns. I planned it out and I'm not scared to shoot. I'm not scared to do whatever needs to be done because I know that this, this all serves a greater purpose. Right. So do, do you know how America talks about respect? respect the troops but they don't respect the troops because the troops are literally just a tool for the rich right for for us our people that are on the, the front lines literally are sacrificing literally this ain't no uh, imperialist thing themselves for our actual real freedom our actual real uh, liberation material not some bullshit something that actually will change all of our lives so definitely they need to be respected um, and then he was talking about, again, you know, addressing the day-to-day needs of the people, which would be, you know, hunger, joblessness, um, all this other stuff that, that definitely needs to be in the forefront of what we're doing. So, he's pretty much just reinstating what we already said. Not only are we doing the meeting the basic needs, mutual aid, providing for the people, but we are also in, in the, the the war zone doing war things and so uh yeah I think that is an, a part that is severely underdeveloped amongst all the other things that are undeveloped you know well, there is a lot of talk of mutual aid I think everybody's pretty much got that down packed now mutual aid is important and it should be done and a lot of people are doing that but not a lot of us are doing anything when it comes to the arms Or the weapons. Not even us. Like we looked into it. But then we looked at the prices. And I kind of get sidetracked from it. But even ourselves. Looking into arming ourselves. Looking into arming others. Gun safety. Learning how to do things like that. Like that's another important part. And I feel like not enough people are talking about it or thinking about it. Because honestly we don't want to think about the truth of the matter. That that eventually will become an important piece of... What we're trying to do—it's it's not gonna—we're not gonna mutual aid our way into a better life.
1: Yeah, I also think that like death is kind of a taboo topic too for a lot of people. Yeah, uh but I think that's trying like there's uh certain people or certain culture really right now within the American people who are. Somewhat trying to change that topic to say that death is a normal process and that we should be uh, celebrating the people who had the option to live with us at this time. So, yeah, but I think you're right. We definitely need to get back on the, the gun train and we need to figure out, like, a way where that can also be a part, a normal part, because even guns right now is such a taboo topic, even in American culture, in people who live here because they're like, well, school shootings, blah, 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 um, We did talk about that previously, though, about why that happens.
0: Um, I think that, you know, when we're talking about meeting the material needs. I mean, honestly, yes, food, clothing, health care is a material need. Uh, But a humongous material need is protection. Yeah. And... Uh, that alone, I feel, if if people knew that you were there and, and they had people they can call on instead of weren't the cops, that that were patrolling and making sure kids went got to school safely, that made sure that, you know, that nobody was over there uh, breaking into the houses or stuff like that, you would have so many people already like, hold on.
1: Right, because right now. Because
0: we ain't never had nobody do this. We didn't have people give Mm -mm. a coat. We didn't have people give a turkey. Mm -hmm. We ain't had people in the streets literally making sure that we are safe in our communities. Yeah. Because it ain't been nothing like that since the Panthers. Like like a big widespread organized thing. Or even when the cops come. Somebody that's there to, to observe or just film it. We don't have anything like that.
1: I was going to say, like, even when the cops come, like, it's not like cops are literally doing anything anyway. Mm -hmm. And if there was someone there, like, cops right now are just pretty much, uh, like you said, protectors of um, the rich. So if we actually had someone who was there to be, like, a person in the middle and actually do something, that might make people feel even more comfortable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like... For a lot of people, like, you, the cops is just just a, not even a necessary evil. Just an evil that you, sometimes you have to use because you have no other choice. You have no other sense of community of people, right. like, watching each other's back. Yeah. And I feel like if you had, like, not, it wouldn't just be one person or a couple people. It would encourage more of the community to be like, okay, well... Maybe we all can get together. Like, I feel like that would be a good organizing tool. Um, Eventually, of course, it's going to take a lot of manpower, money, and uh, time to do so. But he was on to something. Because that is definitely an area that has not been tapped. Because a lot of us are scared. And also... That isn't something that's easily co opted or easily marketed or can be easily yes. neolimprofied. They'll talk about community policing, but they'll never say using no gun. No community of policing not. is just y'all get together and y'all call the police when something happens, <laughs> which is useless. So yeah, so yes, that's definitely something. Um, and what else was I thinking about? I saw somebody. Or well, this isn't just about him, but this is just something that I've noticed. Is there's a lot of people that you know make quote unquote leftist content that are black, and uh, you know they position themselves as you know I'm just um, telling y'all the facts or whatever. I'm trying to educate the people, but what I'm noticing is a, a lot of times they they say I'm not an activist, I'm not a revolutionary, I'm just an educator, and. I feel like I have problems with that now.
1: Pacifist. That's kind of pacifist.
0: Yeah, I have problems with that, especially like reading this. If you're not a a revolutionary and you're not an activist, but you're an educator, what the hell are you educating? What the hell are you educating about?
1: What's your your purpose? What's the main goal behind all of this for you to educate? Like if you're going to educate someone with no clear end goal, what's the purpose of even doing it? Right. Right. Why
0: aren't why aren't you a rebel? If you're a quote unquote leftist, this ain't for the little liberal people. If you're a quote unquote leftist mm-hmm. and you for you like Fanon and you read George Jackson, why the hell are you not a revolutionary? Why the hell are you not an activist? It's like I feel like if you say that, then you're kind of making it plain that this is a means to an end, and your end isn't necessarily the end we're trying to get to
1: correct Your- or you can educate people all day but you you don't really want nothing to do with it
0: yes yes yeah that's
1: what it is yeah so when some when something pops that goes down well i just told the facts i didn't do nothing else yeah
0: and and so then i'm like at what point are you gonna opt out of the game when the guns come out. I mean,
1: that's a quick when- way. If that's a CIA, that that would be a person who would quickly be taken by the CIA. Oh, CIA. Yeah. You know, like, that person could 100% be co-opted by them and uh, ch- challenged by them and then pay them off and that's it. So, like, we definitely don't want anyone who's just like, I just want to educate and I'm just here for that because... We we need people who are active, proactive, and who are on the lookout every day, all the time. And
0: who know what the end goal is. Right. Like, you're not just flailing with the wind, because I feel like when times get hard, then you ain't going to be a part of it no more. Right. And that reminds me of when I, I saw that video about that that guy, I forgot his name, that Asian guy, who quote-unquote helped educate uh, who helped educate uh, Huey Newton about Chairman Mao and helped him create the 10-point the program. And turns out he actually wasn't infiltrated and worked for the FBI. Now, this ain't meant to, like, be like, ooh, look out, people are from in the FBI. But it's just, like, we have to be serious. At this point, the George Floyd, like, there was a the time to play. It really went the time to play. But everybody, it was just a circus. But this part, at this point, if you're still in the game, like... We're we're not in one on one land no more. Either you're in it or you're not in it. You you can't just be a bystander. You can't just say, I'm gonna throw the money in it. You have to be in it. And yeah, that's all I got to say. Um Alright guys, well I guess that's it. KT didn't have much to say this time, but that's alright. We're glad she's here. Thank you. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can do so at Bill Nard PWR. You can hit uh, us up there on social media. Um, if you like to join us um, in person, or if you'd like to help us with the creation of the vi- designs, passing out food, if you'd like to donate some uh, food or clothes that we can put in our pantry, you can do so. Link is in the description uh that's pretty much it this
1: has been gabby and this is kt and this has been building our power